Well, Tanya, welcome to uh, welcome to the journey. And uh, let me let me share a little bit about what the journey is about. Um, the journey is um, an opportunity using this particular platform to have conversations with just ordinary individuals who may have, for different reasons, have had setbacks in their life. Um, may have um, had some some perception of failure in their life. Um, in their process of learning through that, in the process of that obstacle being there, um, what, how do they um, recreate themselves? How did they change who who they who they were to who they are today mm-hmm. as a result of those obstacles? Um, we talk about those obstacles are part of our part of our journey, and how do we change for the better? because the obstacle was there. And so that's really um, what uh, the journey is about and just having ordinary conversations with individuals um, about their experience. And Mm -hmm. so uh, welcome. Thank you. And uh, so before we get into that, tell us a little bit about, um, you know, what do you do? And then also, um, uh, what do you do for fun? So start with the fun. What do you do for fun right now? Well, right now, what I do for fun this morning, I was on the treadmill, uh, ran four miles. Okay. Um, that's really how I start my day now. Uh, in the past, you know, five, six years ago, I didn't run at all. Um, so that's what I do for fun, mainly, um, for myself, but then with the family, you know, hang out by the pool, go out to dinner. Our daughter loves to bake. So we'll bake together and things like that. Anything together. Okay. So your alone time, Mm -hmm. even though there may be other people around Mm -hmm. when you're, you get to exercise specifically running and then, um, variety of different activities with your, uh, fam, uh, your nuclear family. Right. Right. And I run on the path, uh, trails as much as I can with okay. our dog, one of our dogs. Yes. Okay, great. Yes. So, and then what do you do? Uh, you work outside the home. Mm-hmm. So what do you do for, uh, for an occupation? What do you do? For I'm a... actually an executive assistant okay. at a chemical company. Oh, okay. So that's what I do right now. Okay. Yeah. Gotcha. Okay. Now you've had, uh, so how long have you been at this particular company? Uh, about a year. About a year. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. All right. So, um, now you're from this area. Right? Yes. And graduated from what high school? Harlem. Harlem. Okay. Yes. And so, uh, so that's where I graduated, and, and I think I was a little bit. I think I was a little bit before you. Not much, <laughs> Not but much. yeah, so, <laughs> yes, I remember. Yeah. Yep. So, um, and so you. Uh, so tell us a little bit about your family of origin. You, you have a brother, right. uh, Tommy, uh-huh. and then and then who? Uh, any sibling? Any other siblings? We have a sister that's in between us. So okay. there was myself, and then three years later is our sister, and then Tommy is three years after her. It's like every three years. <laughs> okay. So you guys were six years apart. You and Tommy yes. were six years apart. And then your sister was right in the middle. Right in the, the three middle. Year. Okay. Yep. All right. So, uh, so tell us a little bit of growing up. What was it like growing up? What was, um, as you look back on that, and that's kind of when we asked that idea of our perception mm-hmm. of, of looking back and what was our perception of ourself then, mm-hmm. um, or how, what was that view or the lens that we saw the world when we were, when, when we were younger? So, Sure. So when I was younger, um, I had an aunt and uncle on my dad's side that were 9 and 16 when I was born. Okay. So being the first grandchild, um, they were pretty jealous. Okay. Um, on the other side of the family, I had an uncle uh, who was 10 at the time, and he was just the opposite. Okay. You know, kind of, you know, spoiled me, I guess you could okay. say. Um, and then growing up, anytime we were together, um, the two that were the jealous ones – 
Um, I remember going down to the Rock River to pick up the little clams, you know, oh, sure. and make ashtrays out of them, you know, with the little mm-hmm. pebbles. And I remember them hitting me over the head with a croquet mallet. Um, I remember swimming in my grandparents' pool and having the little floaty thing on and my aunt um, unplugging that mm-hmm. and my dad having to jump in and save me. So my perception of when I was younger was that I wasn't wanted around. Okay. Um, I remember when I was about 14 working for my dad because I worked for him installing carpet and tile and vinyl from the age of seven, literally. Okay. Okay. It was the summer before second grade that I started working for him, going okay. picking up pieces. So anything sure. I could do with my dad, I did. Okay. Um, but I remember um, being at the store, at our family store, and my grandfather, my dad's dad, being there and telling me that I was worthless because I was a girl, that I was stupid, that I couldn't add, subtract, multiply, or divide. And I was just devastated, mm. just devastated. And I think that came up because my dad owned the business now, and he had let the aunt that didn't like me or didn't want me around, so I thought, um, go, because she wasn't working out. Mm. So I think he was upset by that. Mm. Um, I did tell my dad, mm. and he said, so what are you going to do about it? And I said, prove him wrong. Mm. He said, Okay. Mm-hmm. And I do know my dad talked to my grandpa. Mm-hmm. I don't know what was said, but my dad was a, a man of his word. If he mm-hmm. said he would take care of it, it got taken care of. Mm-hmm. So, and that was the last we spoke of it. Mm-hmm. Okay. So it's just those things that come up that I just wasn't good enough. Mm-hmm. I wasn't skinny enough. I wasn't pretty enough. I wasn't smart enough. I didn't get good grades in, in school at all until okay. I went to college. Okay. Um, I was the tomboy. I worked out with the wrestling team, okay. you know, and I'm actually lighter now in weight than I was in high school by about seven pounds. Okay. But then after high school is when I gained. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So I want to go back to um, when when this because uh, you're you're aunt and uncle, mm-hmm. though they're more like older cousins, right? Know, really. But um, but your aunt and uncle. There, I think you said nine and sixteen when you were born. Mm-hmm. Okay, so when when you remember the the mistreatment, you know, mm-hmm. the bullying, whatever words you want to use to describe mm-hmm. it, how old how old do you think you were? Um, just guessing wise. Well, I know that I would have been at least six because I remember my brother being around, and mm. he was I was six when he was born. Right. So seven, eight. Okay. Somewhere in there. Okay. So, because we, we talk about, we have these this, this time period developmentally, mm-hmm. that when we have certain events that happen to us in these developmental years, there's an emotional impression that happens. Mm-hmm. Um, and even though there may be some, mm, cognitively, we may be able to, you know, put in a perspective, you know, uh, excuse it away or whatever. Mm-hmm. There's this emotional, at a core emotional, that they become defining moments or defining impressions. Mm-hmm. And when when something that reminds us of that later on in life come up, mm-hmm. we we may go back to that, that thing. Right. right. And you talked about not um, that, that those, those things that stand out in your mind – had a message. It wasn't just the event. The mm-hmm. message was translated as I'm not 
of value. I'm not worth it. I'm not good enough. Mm-hmm. And then even with grandpa being what he said, there was some very specific things that, that, that it was then highlighted. Right. Right. And, um, and so that's why I think, and I don't, I don't know if people always understand why does something carry forward. Mm-hmm. And I think it's because of that emotional impression that happens when these events become highlighted. Right. right. Because there was a lot of events that happened when you were growing up, mm-hmm. but there are certain ones like these three or four that you just mentioned, they end up getting highlighted mm-hmm. and then they somehow become a bigger story. Right. Because then that lets you believe, whether it's true or not, you start to believe that you aren't good enough, mm-hmm. that you aren't of any value, mm-hmm. that you are, you know, the ugly duckling, or, mm-hmm. you know, you're not the one that wants to wear the dresses. You're always in jeans and T-shirts and mm-hmm. flannels. And, mm-hmm. and that's why I wore what I wore today, because it says keep moving forward. Okay. And sure. the dots represent past, present, and future. Okay. Nice. And that's something my brother always said. Mm-hmm. Always look at what is coming. Mm-hmm. You know, what, what can you be training for? Sure, sure. So. Okay. Well, you, you talked about, you mentioned about um, wanting to spend as much time as possible with dad. Mm-hmm. And so what, so tell us, tell us what your, your, your dad's name was Tom. Right. And so what, what, tell us about, tell us about Tom. What was Tom like? Well, he was on the police department, the fire department, the water rescue team, and then we owned our own business of floor covering. Okay. And then my grandfather offered him the family business, so then he stopped being a police officer because, I mean, that's a lot. Mm -hmm. Um, But he was just a man of his word. Mm -hmm. If he said it was going to happen, it was going to happen. I remember when I was probably about 13, he took us to the Loves Park Jail. Mm -hmm. It was in the basement at the time. And you got the chief of police and the sergeant and everything standing behind my dad. And he's like, go in there, take a look, look around. And the door just slams. And he's like, if you ever come in here, don't call me. They would have already talked to me. You're going to sit here and think about it. And you just knew he's not bluffing. Mm -hmm. You know, that's what was going to happen. Sure, sure. So... And and though he, I mean, obviously a big part of what he did was he was a teacher, right, mm-hmm. for you. And he modeled certain things for you and, and taught certain things. And w- looking back on it, you, you described yourself, you were the oldest, mm-hmm. and a self-proclaimed tomboy, right? Mm-hmm. And so w- what do you think was, the looking back now, what do you think is the reason why you wanted to spend so much time with Dad? Just... You know, at the beginning, I was like, why am I drawn to this physical work and not wanting to stay home? And he just, everything was a teaching experience, Mm. whether he's like, okay, watch me cut in this carpet, or how would you lay out this floor? If you're going to lay out the floor, the tile, where would you start at? You know, and every day you learn something new, and Mm. you were always doing something different. I mean, the day before, you might have been ripping out a bathroom and redoing the bathroom, but now you're onto a kitchen, or Mm. it was just ever-changing. And I asked him one time, I said, why are you so... Oh, what's the word I want to use? Um, he just made sure I, I was learning something every day. And I'm like, why is this so important? He said, because when you have a house, you don't have to pay people to do it. Mm. And it's so true, mm-hmm. you know, because now, you know, I know how to do that stuff. Sure, sure. So, so it was the, it was not only was it fun, right? Because you're right. constantly doing something. And and then you got to be around your dad, but right. but your dad interacted with you. Right. And it was that interaction with him and and you weren't less than in his eyes. No. You were very much 
um, his helper. Right, right. right. And it was a more of a team. Mm-hmm. Like, um, I just like working as a team. It's not about, you know, I'm, he'd be like, okay, you know, this is what we're going to do, but I'm going to do this part and you're going to do that part. Or we did a big church um, gymnasium and he, we did all the, the field work and then there was a lot of cutting in of the tile to do. And he just left me there all day and all I did is cut in tile all the way around and he trusted me to do that as a kid, mm-hmm. you know, 18 years old. Interesting. So, but I did move out when I was 17. Right mm-hmm. after I graduated high school, I moved out because working with him and living with him and us being so much alike, mm-hmm. it didn't work out. Okay. okay. So, yeah. So, so leading up to, <clears throat> leading up to that to graduate mm-hmm. from high school uh-huh. what was what was high school like what was your, what was social life what was academic life what was what, were you involved with activities mm-hmm. <coughs> um well i was bullied a lot up until middle school okay. um, i remember an incident happening and i stood up for myself um, there wasn't any physical altercation or anything like that but i did stand up for myself verbally and that that changed everything mm-hmm. for me okay. and so um then in high school, I was the one, you know, Casada, you want to go to the office? Okay, you know, I'll go to the office, not mm-hmm. taking it seriously, because I figured I had my life planned out. I was going to work for my dad. I was going to marry my boyfriend, mm-hmm. uh, Sean, who is now my husband. Okay. We've been together since, gosh, uh, January of 87. Okay. So okay. a long time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, married 26 years. Um, so we can get married if, you know, if we had kids and then I'd work in the office, I wouldn't mm-hmm. be lifting the heavy rolls of carpet and all that kind of stuff. And then I go back to installing. So I have my life planned out for me. Mm-hmm. So I thought, um, so why take my studies seriously? Because, uh, you know, I got it. I got it under control. Sure. Sure. Okay. And I didn't. Okay. Life changes. Yeah. So, yeah. well, let's talk about that. What, yeah. what, so you graduate from high school, mm-hmm. uh, you're 17 years old, you move out, mm-hmm. is Sean the same age as you? Yes. Same grade? Same grade. Yep. Same grade, same age. Mm-hmm. And who'd you move in with? What? Uh, you know, I, my grandparents, my mm-hmm. mom's parents, oh, mom's, um, par- okay. mom's parents, um, had a house and they, um, had a bedroom and a bathroom upstairs and it was like having my own little apartment, Okay. you know, but yet still... I had grandma and grandpa there, mm-hmm. you know, to talk to. And okay. and then um, after the first big event in my life, um, I moved out of there. And honestly, I don't remember from that event happening in December till May when I moved with Sean after he graduated college. Okay. It was just, it's gone. Yeah. Okay. I don't remember where I worked, where I lived, anything. Okay. So you went there. So what's yeah. the, what what happened in December? What was the big event? Um, December of ninety one, um, our dad. I was supposed to be with him. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of guilt there. Um, he went to go measure a job to do, and at the last second, he said, "Your mom's going to go to the grocery store. I'm going to go measure this job for us." Okay, fine. He goes to measure the job, and I don't know. Do you remember Zips? It was a fast food place on North 2nd. Oh, yeah. yeah. He was supposed to go there to get us burgers. And so I paged him at the time, and I said, you know, Tom, you know, please call the office. And he wasn't calling. And I look at the clock, and I remember it getting warm. Big snowflakes out the front window. It's December 20th. And uh, then it got cold and dark, and I felt sick. And an hour later, Father Wintick from the Rockford Police, I believe, um, walked in. And he said, are you, you know, Margaret? And I said, no, I'm their daughter, Tanya. 
said, my dad died in a car accident, didn't he? And he said, yes, he did. Because I had had dreams that somebody passed in a blue vehicle, and at the time, my dad and Sean drove blue vehicles. Mm. So then that's when, you know, your world crumbles, Mm -hmm. you know? So in one day, I lose my dad and my job. Right, okay. It was a car accident? Yes, head-on car crash with a semi. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. So no, did they ever find out what the de- any details, or maybe it doesn't really matter? But Well, they did. It was just an accident. Yeah. He um, was coming into town on 173 where the train trestle used to be. Remember, mm. you used to have to go under the train trestle yep. and come back. Yep. Um, he slid in front of the semi, mm. and it was just an accident. So it was kind of the weather, weather-related mm-hmm. to what you were just talking about, where right. black ice had probably played a factor into sure. it because of the change of change of temperature change of weather okay mm-hmm. he was actually crushed um at the steering wheel uh the semi driver stayed there of course and you know was with him the whole time mm-hmm. um as soon as they got there to take him out of the car and they put him or out of the suburban and put him down on the gurney or whatever um he bled out mm. so they okay. airlifted him to the hospital and that's when father went to i don't know if he was at the accident or at the hospital but okay. that's when he became involved in it okay so this was what, what you're 91 you said 91 91 yes. mm-hmm. and you graduated from high school in, in 88 in 88 so okay. i was 21 21 mm-hmm. okay and um and your dad was how old when he died 44 44 wow man talk about young right and so he'd been he'd been running the business mm-hmm. which was originally your grandfather's mm-hmm. and he'd been doing that full time so he was retired as a police officer mm-hmm. and um and so that was where all his energy was going into this family-owned business right right but he was he was the owner operator right along. still on the volunteer fire still on the volunteer water rescue team but yes, all of his energy was going into the into the business. Gotcha. Okay. Um, and so when you said that the business, uh, when when your dad dies, mm-hmm. when your closest companions, when your closest friends, and but he also he was your boss, right? And so, uh, yeah. Tell me what from what you do remember of that time period. What was everything's going this way, and then all now of a sudden, beers off. Yeah. Um. I remember a lot of people coming over to the house, Mm. you know, that's before Facebook and all that stuff. But I remember just the house being full of a lot of people. And he had one really good friend on the Rockford Police Department that took me aside and said, you're going to, this can be hard for you because you guys were made from the same cloth. Mm. And I didn't know what he meant at the time. You know, there's lots of things going through my head. But at the time, Tommy was 16. I had moved out when he was 11. Mm. So... You know, I didn't have much to do with my brother and sister because I had already moved out and kind of done my own thing. Mm-hmm. And when you go back home and they just want it, dad just wants to talk about work, I'm like, oh, I need a break, you yeah, know. Yeah, sure. So that was, and then I'm thinking, now what? Mm-hmm. You know, I lost my dad. I lost my job. I, how am I going to pay for anything, mm-hmm. even food, right. you know? And that's what was, then panic sets in. Okay. And and so what happened from what you remember? What happened then? As the dust settles from the from the funeral, and mm-hmm. people start going on with their lives, mm-hmm. right? Obviously, your life has now been halted. Right, it's been changed, and, and obviously, your mom and and your brother and sister too. And mm-hmm. um, what, 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 yeah, what happened next? Well, I did odd jobs. 
I had an uncle that had a construction business and he, you know, I did odd jobs for money and then um, tile work and, and things like that. And then Sean graduated college that May of mm. uh, 92 and had a job with a company up in Wisconsin. Okay, so, so six months later. Six months later, I move, and it was like, okay, I could just tell myself, you know, dad's measuring a job, dad's mm. out doing this or doing that. So when we moved back years later, it was like, okay, now that reality set in. He's not, my brain, you know, mm. was teasing before and saying, well, he was just busy doing this. That's why I didn't talk to him, you mm. know. So kind of like a denial. Right. right. So, and so how long were you guys up in Wisconsin? You and Sean? Well, we had moved away in I, 92. And then with his job and stuff, we moved seven times in nine years. Oh, my gosh. And moved back here in 99. But Peyton was born in 96. Oh, okay. Yeah, okay. got married in 93, and Peyton was born in 96 and moved back here in 99. Okay, all right. And um, and so th- there's this big hole, right, uh-huh. because, because of what happens with Dad. Everything's mm-hmm. changing. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, everything's changing within a very short time period mm-hmm. um you were the opportunity then allowed not because of your dad's death but maybe mm-hmm. allowed you and sean then to move to where his job was because right. i imagine that would have been a little bit of a dilemma right um if the business was still running you were still working for dad mm-hmm. then it would have been which path you're going to choose exactly but, exactly um, but that wasn't an option at that point no and, uh, and i'm assuming the business just closed right. right it was closed at that time okay. um it was just too hard to keep open yeah. and, and stuff like that but um moved up to stevens point wisconsin oh that's uh, a distance <laughs> that's a distance um sean worked for a company there but he traveled he was gone he was home an average of three months a year And that was before we had all this electronics that we could talk and everything. So I move up there not knowing anybody, Mm. not having a job, and having to figure it out. Okay. You know? So it was a hard time. It was a dark time. Yeah. Um, Yeah, tell us a little bit about that part. I mean, because now it's real isolation. mm -hmm. And, yeah, what was was that like? Well, um, thank goodness it was in the summer. Because then I could get outside, and there was a water park that you didn't have to pay to, to go into the pool areas. Or, I'm sorry, you didn't have to pay to go into the lounge areas, but you had to pay which pool you wanted to go to. Mm. So I would go out and look for jobs, and after a while, it's like, okay, I need I need a break. Mm. So I went and I went into the free area mm. and laid out, and then I'd go to their showers and take a shower and then come back. So I didn't spend any money, um, and then I would go back to our apartment. Mm. So at least I could get out and see people and then I I did find a job and made friends and ended up hanging out with people Sean's you know Sean worked with their spouses so okay doing that yeah okay all right so loneliness mm-hmm. I'm guessing some self-doubt mm-hmm. um, during that time period um, you're with who you want to be with right but physically he's not there because of the requirements of his job right so okay and then you you and you come back to Rockford in mm-hmm. 99, mm-hmm. and you guys are starting to create a life here. Tell us mm-hmm. a little bit about. Yeah, well, we come back in 99. Peyton at that time is, well, she was born in 96, so she was two and a half when we moved back. Okay. Um, we rented a place for a little while. Of course, we stayed with Sean's parents for about a month or so mm-hmm. um, until we could find a, a place to rent, and then we end up buying our house that we're in now. 
19 years later that April of 2000. Okay. So we come back and, you know, life is just, you know, busy. Mm-hmm. You got a little three-year-old running around and um, I started working at, at UPS at okay. night and then worked there in management for nine years. So that kept us busy. But all at the same time, I didn't have the connection with my family because I had moved away. Tommy started his journey, mm-hmm. you know, and his life and, and everything. Um, we were really close when we were younger. You and Tommy? Yes. Yeah, tell, tell us a little bit about that. Um, well, you're six years apart. We're six years apart, but we're the closest of, you know. And uh, he would just, he was just goofy, just <laughs> goofy. Um, I remember when I brought Sean home to meet everybody the first time, um, he was just acting a fool. And, you know, here he is young. Mm-hmm. Well, because when we started dating, he would have been 10. Mm-hmm. Because uh, we started dating when I was 16. Okay. Um, so this is how I'm going to act when he walks in the door and just acting a fool. Mm-hmm. Um, so he came in and introduced, you know, introduced Sean to my parents. And, and so and we went out to the Belford Outdoor. Oh, yeah. oh yes. Yeah, yep. I remember that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Long time ago. Yeah. So. And and so um, so you you and you guys were close. I mean, mm-hmm. obviously there's an age difference, and mm-hmm. then that that's going to obviously play a part in you know the different activities that you can do together. I mean, right. You're you're in high school. He's in you know finishing up grade school type of thing. Right. Um, and and so so when you come back in '99, uh, you're how old at that time? Oh, uh, I was. 29. 29. Mm-hmm. Okay. So then so then Tom is 23-ish. Mm-hmm. Okay. Right. And um and now you have just one? Just one. Just yeah. one. Okay. And um so you're you guys are doing life here and I know when when you and I first started talking mm-hmm. um or or a part of when I first started um uh talking was that you and Tommy were working out together. Yes. And 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 I know uh Tommy was involved with sports when he was in in high school mm-hmm. specifically wrestling. Right. And and then later um got into um got into weightlifting right. and was real big into powerlifting and yes. um and I have a an interesting story with how he and I actually got to really know each other. Uh-huh. Um, we were going to a, a wrestling tournament. My brother-in-law and I would go to wrestling tournaments, either NCAA uh, national championship or the Big Tens, or we would go to state the state wrestling tournament, mm-hmm. and um, we would bring people with us. You know, sometimes yeah. it was just two of us, but we would typically bring other individuals, and that was one of the times when Grant Tickner went with us, and and uh, Tom, uh, Tommy went with us, yeah. and uh, and we ended up spending three. We were driving to Champagne, so we spent right. three hours, the whole time talking. You know, right. on the way down, and we obviously had a lot in similar interests and similar things in common mm-hmm. with um, with him powerlifting and me bodybuilding, but. Right. Tell us a little bit about um, working out with him and the fitness aspect of it as as he was then involved with that. He also then took over the business or, mm-hmm. or opened up his opened own business. Opened up his own opened business. Opened up his, yep. not, yeah, yep. not taking over the business, but opened up his own, mm-hmm. um, mostly tiling, right? Right. But, but he did custom tile work. Custom yeah. tile. Yeah, yeah. So he didn't do all types of floor covering. I mean, he probably could, but right. it's mostly tile. Well, he didn't. He he didn't care to do carpet. Okay. Um, but tile and you know laminates and things like that hardwood stuff like that okay yeah gotcha but we hadn't um we kind of drifted apart um after dad passed away i you know we all had what people don't understand is that 
I think in grief in general, um, is that we might have the same person that passed away, but he was different to each of us, mm. you know? And Tommy was, what, 15 when her dad passed? Mm. Um, so he was at a crucial time in his development, yeah. you know? And I hadn't lived at home since he was 11, yeah. you know? So I didn't, you know, have much interaction with him on a daily basis from that on. And when we moved back, you know, family dynamics with my side of the family weren't great. Mm. So we didn't hang out a lot. And when we did, I would physically get sick and it just wasn't a good situation. Mm -hmm. So one morning I'm at peak and I'm, what I did now looking back, I can, I can see this. Um, when my dad passed, I used food as my comfort. Mm. Okay. Um, you know, oh, I'm sad. Oh, but those French fries will make me feel better okay. or, you know, things like that. Not not alcohol, not anything like that, but just the sugary mm -hmm. um, cook cookies, candy. I mean, that's really my downfall. It, donuts. I mean, mm -hmm. yeah. Okay. So that's where I went. And one morning at peak, I'm I'm walking and this guy runs into me and I'm like, what the heck? I turn around. It's my brother. <laughs> and. From that moment on, it's like time. There was no time in between when we were little and now. Mm -hmm. It's like we just connected, and we would talk on the phone for hours. Mm -hmm. I would go in our, my bedroom and shut the door, and we just talk and talk. And Sean's mm -hmm. like, "Who are you talking to?" I'm like Tommy, you know, just about everything. Mm -hmm. You know, from oh, you know, I want to do this job in the kitchen because he'd put in our kitchen floor, mm -hmm. uh, or you know, oh you know, how do I deal with this with Peyton? You know, what mm. are some good ideas or just some different things? Sure. So we would just talk. Okay. So then we got into, um, peak has her indoor triathlon. Oh, he's okay. like, Oh, you should do that. And I'm like, Oh God. Cause I was on the swim team, uh, worked out with the wrestling team in high school, stuff like mm. that. And I just don't like to swim anymore. I'm just mm -hmm. not that. Mm -hmm. And he's like, you should always keep moving forward. Mm -hmm. And you always have to have something to train for, something to do, keep your mind busy. Like, okay, fine, whatever. Hmm. So I did this indoor triathlon, and um, I remember him by the pool just screaming at me, just scream like a coach, like walking mm. up and down, you know. And uh, then you go, I think you go to the treadmill and then the bike or vice versa. And that's the last picture I have together of us mm. is that January of 2013, the peak indoor triathlon okay. is us together. And I was, I was 200 pounds. Okay. And just to, just to finish it was an accomplishment, oh, I bet. you know, just to be able to, and what I like about their indoor is that everybody's running together and everybody's biking together and it's not like you're feeling like oh that everybody's way up there why am i even trying right, right. we're all right here together right so right. it was very encouraging how they do it sure, sure. so prior to that event right mm -hmm. had you ever done anything um either i mean you were on the swim team so obviously right. you you had competed then but had you ever done any post high school any kind of like 5k any kind no. of nothing like that nothing so, like so this that. was a big step it was a very big step it was yes. a big step okay and uh so then after that um we just from that that time that was january so we had trained prior to that he was training with me and helping me he wasn't mm -hmm. getting in the pool but he was you know encouraging me to get on the bike and running mm -hmm. and stuff like that and my running wasn't running it mm -hmm. was 
a, a swift walk. Yeah. You know, it <laughs> okay. wasn't a jog or anything, but sure. it was just to keep moving forward. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay. And and so uh, so this is in January of of thirteen, mm-hmm. and and so you are. Um, where are you working at that time? Do you remember? I don't even do you even remember. Might have been at UPS. Oh, UPS. Yeah, still? Okay, maybe so. I don't. I don't honestly remember. Okay, so working at UPS, and I think you guys trained in the morning, right? Because that's when I would see. You know what? You it wasn't. I'm sorry. I think I was at Danfoss. Where oh, Sean's okay. at doing, yeah, it was. Okay. And I think I saw you guys in the morning. Yeah. Working out early in the Crazy morning when I was early, there. early, yes. Yeah. And, um, and so, and I think that was the year 13 was uh-huh. we would, we went either, that must have been either February or March. Okay. We went to the wrestling meet together. Yeah. He, you know, he joined us for the wrestling meet. Right. And, um, and so... So you guys were still working out even after the event, still working mm-hmm. out together and things like that. Mm-hmm. And then, um, and, yeah, and then in May came. And then May came. Well, just to back up a few months, yep. um, Sean's mom got diagnosed with cancer okay. in February of 12. Okay, so the year So before. just the year prior. Okay. Um, she unfortunately passed in September of 12. Okay. Um, from stomach and liver cancer. And then... We get a dog, a rescue, six weeks to the day later, and we rescued her. They had the same birthday. Mm. Layla and Sue have the same birthday. Okay. So, of course, we get Layla. Mm. Oh, now her name is Layla Sue. Okay. Um, so we lost his mom in September, and then we put our dog Boomer down in December. He was old, mm-hmm. you know, just one of those things. But um, then in April, Sean's grandma passed of old age. She was in her 90s. Okay. Then we come home, which is right around Sean's mom and Layla's birthday, and Layla collapses. We had to take her to the emergency vet. She had a blood disorder. Oh, we had to put her down. Then in May, my grandma passed away. This is your mom's mom? Yes. Okay. So she, the ones that you stayed with for yes. a brief time period. Okay. Yeah. She passed away in May. Then um, May came and Tommy passed from suicide. Okay. Wow, a ton of losses there. A ton of losses. Yeah. And then that November, a friend of ours, Matt, passed from suicide. And the next July, my Uncle Mike, who was the the uncle that was 10 years older than me but treated me like, you know, here she is, let's go play, you know, um, he passed from suicide. Okay. So we had a lot going on yeah. in that short period of time. So a, 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 lot, of, a lot of losses, some mm-hmm. of them were old older age related, right. you know, with your dog, with, with grandparents. Right. Um, so some of those, it's still a loss and mm-hmm. it's still sad. And right. It, but it almost like we can see it. Or even like with, with cancer, you, it, it doesn't happen overnight. I mean, there's right. a, there's a building up, there's a preparation right. and you start trying to prepare yourself for it. It doesn't take away the, the loss. Um, but at least there's mentally a, um, you can see it coming, right? Right. And somehow prepare yourself for that. Unlike a car accident yep. or a, a suicide. Yeah. 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 So, so yeah. Tell me, yeah. Tell me a little bit about the suicide because I I remember that I I remember how I found out and uh-huh. and um and it was Dan Carlson who had contacted who called me. Okay. And um and I now if I think back, I think Dan was also one of the individuals that was with us um that weekend when we all went to the wrestling tournament. Okay. I know Dan and Tom yeah. Tommy worked together. Um so um 
what was that like? Uh, what was what was going through that whole experience? And well, that morning I wasn't. You know, I was at work. I believe it was a Thursday. Um, Sean was off work, and um, I get uh, you get your breaks during the day, and you're not thinking of anything. And um, I text Sean, and I said, "I'm just not feeling good. Something's going on." He's like, "Oh, you're fine." I'm like, "Yeah, probably." And that was a little bit before nine in the morning because we started work early. And then at nine o'clock break, I text Sean. I said, "No, something's going on. I, I feel sick. I don't. I, everything just is annoying me." Like my, my um, I don't know, everything was just on high alert. And he's just like, well, just get through the day. I'm like, okay, well, I'm crying. I, I don't know why, but I'm just sad and everything's annoying me. You know, somebody not picking up their feet or, you know, mm-hmm. stuff like that. And then I get done with work at like 2.30, 3 o'clock, and I check my phone, and it was Tommy's wife, and she said to call. And so I call her, and she tells me that Tommy passed away. Mm-hmm. And I remember falling to the ground at work and calling Sean right away. Um, Because Tommy was like the little brother he never had because he was the youngest of three. So that's where that's at. And I called Sean immediately. Mm -hmm. And uh, we head over to their house. And, of course, by the time we get there, it's full of people and police and, and everything. And it was just surreal mm-hmm. just I had to sit down and yeah. just take it in right. and know that he was in the basement mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. you know over the last three three and a half years or so um, I've spent a lot of time mm-hmm. trying to understand suicide mm-hmm. and um, and so this would have been a when Tommy died was a couple of years before that piece of it mm-hmm. his, his death was another one of those Suicides and 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 obviously there's two more that mm-hmm. happened pretty quickly after that. And we'll talk about that in a second. But um, but one of the things that the research shows mm-hmm. that was it four out of five times something like that that clear signs of someone being in that darkness are evident. Mm-hmm. And though I probably that's true. Mm-hmm. You know, there's probably some truth to that um, from an intellectual standpoint. I just am not confident that when we're going through it, mm-hmm. when we're living life with someone, that we can see the signs so clearly if we haven't been educated or trained mm-hmm. and we practice looking for the signs. Exactly. We can see them afterwards. Oh, right. Yeah. It always seems to be much clearer mm-hmm. afterwards. But when it's going on, we have a tendency just to rationalize them away or mm-hmm. or, or overlook them or, or whatever. And when you think back... Um, to that time period, of course, I know you probably thought about it a lot, hundreds of thousands of times. Right. What what indicators, what signs, what thoughts regarding what was going on with him? Mm-hmm. Well, I remember being at peak, um, and there were times that we didn't work out, and mm. we'd just sit at those tables and talk. And mm. I would think afterwards, you know, we didn't work out at all. But then I, I actually remember thinking, but I got to talk to my brother for an hour, mm. you know? And I remember one time he was really mad about something. Like when he was a kid, he'd get really mad. And he was super skinny as a kid. Mm-hmm. Like he was the one that got picked on. Mm-hmm. And then to, to be a bodybuilder, mm-hmm. you know. Um, but I remember being in one of their back hallways where the stairs, and he was pacing. And he's just talking and yelling, and, and I'm just like, what's going on? 
I look back at that going, I wonder if that was an indicator as to, like, his mind was just going all these different places, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. Um, his business was really good. He had, you know, everything that I knew of um, was good. But I think a lot of it goes back to our dad's death. Whether it did or not, I don't know. We don't, we'll never know, yeah, yeah. you know. But I think a lot of it, he was 15 years old. Mm-hmm. Um Back then, you didn't have the counseling and everything being so, hey, I remember after Tommy passed, I had someone come to me, you, and said, you need to see someone because you knew I was in a dark place. Mm-hmm. And you need I don't care who it is. I don't care if you come to me or go to a different group of counselors, but see someone. Mm-hmm. And we didn't have that mm-hmm. when our dad passed, wow. you know. And I'm, I think that that would have helped him. Yeah. You know, here he is, you know, now with just girls, yeah. you know, doesn't have that father figure right. at home. Um, I think that would have helped him a lot. Sure. Yeah. Well, and probably especially, like you said, that it's, it's sometimes what doesn't happen, right? Right. When someone, when someone leaves us and, you know, it, someone dies, they, it's what, it's what doesn't, it's, it's. There's a void there, right? Mm-hmm. You know, the opportunities that your dad, not only in your life, would have been able to share and, and model and, and teach you, but continue teaching you. But things that maybe Tommy didn't get an opportunity because of his age. Mm-hmm. Um, and and you were there, I mean, with him, with dad. Right. Right. You know, and so there wasn't, um, you made the same opportunities. Right. Um, there would have been, mm-hmm. but there wasn't necessarily at the same time. But, um and then you end up having two more losses by suicide. So had you known anybody who had died from suicide prior to your brother? Um, my aunt, Now looking back, mm-hmm. the aunt and uncle that would, you know, push me away. So I thought that's what their intentions were, what they were. I don't, I don't know. But um, in 2001, um, my uncle uh, passed of a prescription overdose. Mm. And then um, in 2006 that aunt that um had passed of a prescription overdose but looking back they were i know he was very isolated uh very sick with diabetes and other health issues Mm -hmm. um i know that she was in contact with one of our cousins saying that she wanted to you know not be here anymore okay and this is something i just learned literally this past june oh okay so now i'm thinking okay now were those accidental mm-hmm. or were those deliberate or mm-hmm. you know what what is that okay so but at the time of tommy's passing no i didn't were, were was not cognizant of that no and then what did you say so tommy died in may mm-hmm. and then you, there was someone else who died in july um our friend matt passed in november and then oh, november. the next july oh, okay. my uncle mike okay all yeah. right so it was and all from suicide all from suicide so now you're thrust into this world where mm-hmm. people have now died from a combination of different things, but some type of depressive situation, but mm-hmm. th- their life was taken by, by suicide. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember, you know, afterwards that you didn't want this to be for nothing. Right. That w- there was a big push um, from a stand, from an element of everything from the training mm-hmm. and continue working out Um as well as uh, you want to be involved and and do things. So tell us a little bit about that 
that part of the journey and then what's it been like the last six years? Right. Well, after he passed, I started eating better. Mm-hmm. Um, I lost some weight. Mm-hmm. Um, I ended up gaining some of that back this last last winter and then lost the last 27 in May, okay. May to July I lost. So I'm down, you know, 50 pounds now. Okay. Right. So, um, but I started, you know, I've spoken at schools. I spoke with you at Boylan, I think yep. it was. Yep. Um, I've spoken at Auburn. Mm-hmm. Um, I really like doing that. I like mm-hmm. the younger kids because that's who we need to educate. Right. You know? Um, and when you go in to do these talks, you're primarily talking about, well, what are some of the topics that you're talking about? Well, not judging a book by its cover. Okay. Um, you know, I ask them to guess my age and their opinion of me, what they think of me, what kind of music I listen to. Um, and then I tell my journey and my story and, and they're like, oh my gosh, it's so not where we, mm-hmm. we were at at the beginning. You mm-hmm. know, that's not what we would have thought, you know, that you've been through all this trauma. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. But I use working out. Um, I didn't start running until it was five years ago, somewhere around this month. Okay. Um, that I started actually running. I lost weight from eating better, eating healthier, um, eating more often, okay. not just one big meal a day, but like six, you okay. know. Sure. Um, and that's what I've gone back to this last May because okay. uh, I went to a doctor and they're thinking I have some challenges with my heart. Oh, okay. So um, when my dad did pass, his heart fell apart on the table when they did the autopsy. So oh. I'm going through some testing for that and... Um, but I figured the more physical I am, and, and they suggested losing more weight, um, would help with my heart. Okay. But I just kind of put myself into, I got a treadmill this last Mother's Day, so I'm running more often instead of just two or three days a week. I run five to six days a week. Okay. Um, but anytime I can get out on the trails, that's what I do. Sure. I've done, um, the first 5K I did, I didn't even finish. Mm. You know, and everybody, you know, they look at you now and go, oh, well, you can run and you've done half marathons and Tough Mudder and Ragnars and, you know, I'm never going to be to that. Yes, you are. Yeah. We all started somewhere. Right. I mean, we didn't come out of the womb running a half marathon, right, right. you know, so that's my that's my saving grace is to get out there and, and run and do all that kind of stuff. So when you... Think back, as, it, as we were saying earlier about which, as you reflect back to when you were in grade school during mm-hmm. those emotional, vulnerable times, and then you think about, you know, after dad dies, and then later a series of death, deaths, mm-hmm. losses, not only with, with, with your pets, with the family members, and then a, a series of deaths by suicide. Mm-hmm. Um, when you think about those, looking at Tanya from, from where you're at now, mm-hmm. and you think about how would you describe her mind's how she thought what what, what was her per- perception of the world how how was her perception of herself when you think back to that time period well when i think back well right after tom tommy passed um i remember laying in the hallway of our house and i'm on the in the on the carpet and i'm hitting the walls and sean and peyton get me to the bed and at that time layla just passed and we got a new puppy storm is who i run with mm-hmm. And Sean took a picture. I, I have it. I look at it almost every morning. And I look like I'm dead. Mm. Um, and the puppy just came around and went over my head and hugged me. Mm. And I look back and I think, you know, I I could have been down the same path as Tommy. Mm. And I've been close. Mm-hmm. Um, 
but then I think, how can we teach others mm-hmm. um, and not have the same thing keep repeating itself? Because mm-hmm. we need to keep moving forward. We keep, mm-hmm. you know, level up and, you know, always want to do more. Yeah. So. so so back then there was time periods in the midst of that loss mm-hmm. and the grieving process. Um Utilized exercise, utilized continued weight loss. I think, if I remember correctly, I think you had shirts mm-hmm. that was Team Tommy. I right. Think, I remember those shirts. Uh-huh. Um, and now there is this desire to to be able to either through exercise or in other ways to be able to give back when you have the opportunity. Exactly. And so, so if if you look at yourself today, mm-hmm. what what's what would you say is how you do how you view yourself today i mean you've competed in uh tough mutters right mm-hmm. and so that is is more than just running and right. what was challenging about the tough mutters and what did you learn from uh what did you learn from that uh, the very first obstacle on the tough mutter was a six foot wall and i fell off of it and tore my shoulder oh. so but i i competed it I, you know, some of the things I couldn't do because, oops, because I couldn't pull myself up. Mm -hmm. Um, But I would do something else and Mm -hmm. I kept running. Mm -hmm. Um, The best thing about that is that it wasn't timed for me. Mm -hmm. It was just being able to say I did it and that I I went all out. In between the obstacles, we ran to each obstacle, Okay, you know, Um, and then the Ragnar um, trail, the, it runs throughout the night and you run trails by yourself. Okay. And it's a relay, and you're on a team. Um, but the toughest part about that was at night. Mm-hmm. And I'm thinking, oh, you know, running at night by myself with just this little headlamp on and watching the people bob up and down. And I didn't know what it was going to be, mm-hmm. but I embraced it okay. to move forward. And, you know, the whole time I've got, you know, Tommy in my ear, my mm-hmm. dad in my ear, and, you know, just to, again, keep moving forward. Mm-hmm. And to, what can I what can I learn from this? Mm-hmm. Um and one person I was, uh, you know, on Facebook, and it's like, what do you, what do you think of when you think of me? And one person said perseverance, mm-hmm. and it's like, wow, you know, mm-hmm. for other people to think of me like that, mm-hmm. but yet me not feel that about myself. Mm-hmm. You know, we have to be able to see that in ourselves, right? You know, and by competing in the Ragnar, by competing in the Tough Mudder, mm-hmm. is it starting to come? Yeah, it's starting to come. Yeah perceiving yourself as someone who is uh persev- you know who has this resiliency now has mm-hmm. this perseverance now um because you've had a lot of obstacles right and and some of them uh had huge emotional impacts some of them were shocking mm-hmm. um but uh but you continue as you said moving forward right and continue trying to learn about yourself mm-hmm. and learn of how you can give back right so as we are looking at kind of wrapping up for this mm-hmm. episode, if you were going to share anything to anybody listening, mm-hmm. either one maybe having struggled with with being bullied mm-hmm. or maybe struggling with body image or mm-hmm. someone who may have struggled with um, some depression and mm-hmm. they could be in that dark place, mm-hmm. um, what would you want to what would you want to share with somebody? Uh, well, I think mainly the body image and the depression. Mm-hmm. Um, we, you know, when using food as your reward or your comfort, mm-hmm. um, you can do anything you want to do. Mm-hmm. You can become anything you want to become, and it's not too late. I'm 49, mm-hmm. you know, and I just keep, 
you know, oh, well, this one sounds fun. I'll do this one. Or, mm. But I'm, I like to run by myself. I don't like to run in big groups of people. Okay. Um, I don't mind doing virtuals and then go run, run my own pace, you mm-hmm. know. But just to believe in yourself and to know we've all been there. Mm-hmm. I mean, this is, this is a picture of me when I was 21. Oh, wow. So, so this, this was before your dad died or after your dad died? After. This was our engagement photo. Okay. So, so this was just, I was pretty fit, okay, when my dad passed because I'm December. working out. Yep, and, yeah, yep, yep. And, you know, doing a physical job. This was actually just six months later. Okay. Yeah, it was in the fall that year, yeah. and that was our engagement picture. Okay. Wow. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's hard to... Hard to yeah. see, huh? Yeah, yeah. Hard to see where it, it's me. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, it, it almost doesn't look like you <laughs> right. at all. But, um, and I think, you know, it's interesting, you know, you your um, substance of choice was food. Yes. And there is a social, uh, social acceptance that food is, you know, is more socially accepted than opioids or right. in, for, in some families' systems mm-hmm. um, than alcohol. Right. right. And, and so... Um, but it can have the same detriments of keeping people stuck right. and messing with um, perception of who they are mm-hmm. and, and how they interact in the world. And right. so um, I appreciate you being able to share your story with that. I know that just because you've made progress doesn't mean that you don't have uh, difficult days. Mm-hmm. Um, it's called life and that we do, but right. you've now had some experience of how to pick yourself up and just keep moving forward. Exactly. You know, there is not, I think, you know, the metaphor of running, you're mm-hmm. doing a Tough Mudder, Ragnar, is that you're not going to get to whatever that milepost is or that finish line um, if you stop. Right. Um, you just got to keep moving forward. Right. And, and that's what's great about running is that if you're out on the trail and, you you know, you're on the treadmill at the gym or whatever, well, you can just step right off. Mm-hmm. But you're out on trail, you got to figure out how to get back. Yeah. You know, so that's part of the adventure, too. A little bit more kind of like how life is, right? Exactly. (laughs) Got to get back. Yeah. So, Tanya, thank you very much for being here. You know, thanks for sharing your, not only your own story of of dealing with, um, uh, even if they did say it was teasing, Mm -hmm. but that teasing may be taken in as bullying, maybe mm-hmm. taking in as maybe they're, maybe they know something I don't know mm-hmm. and that can have a lasting impression. And, and then obviously when there's a major loss, um, like your dad dying suddenly from a car accident and your brother dying, mm-hmm. um, from suicide, um, why it's so important to be able to talk to someone because what we're right. thinking may not necessarily um, be truth. And right. so to be able to, to talk with someone, to be able to have that reframed and be able to look at it and question a little bit more about where this come from and why am I thinking this way? Exactly. So, well, thank you for being thank here you. today and thank you for sharing. So. Thanks. Um, thank you very much for being with us today as Tanya was sharing um, not only uh, how some of the setbacks that she's had in her life through, um, through, through body image, but through some significant losses in her life, but how she's utilized uh, fitness and, and this desire to be able to give back to others so that they um, don't have to succumb um, to that darkness and, and that negative thinking. Um, thank you for joining us today, and I look forward to seeing you again next week.